Now, Rob talked last week about uh, what he discovered on his break. Uh, he took, he gave us three headings, didn't he, lessons? Can you remember what they were? Rest. Rest. Gratitude. Gratitude. Self-control. Very good. Well Okay, so those words, really, those big ways of being are really an outworking of who we are in Christ. I mean, in other words, our identity. One of our visions up there, who we are in Christ. And I want to reinforce that this morning, particularly about gratitude and the other thing you mentioned, anxiety. After all, if you're a carpenter, and Jesus was, you don't hit a nail <coughs> once, do you? You keep hammering till it's home. Mm. So, anyway, I want to talk this morning about living from the fullness and in the blessing of who we are. And perhaps challenge us a bit uh, to enjoy the abundance of God. <coughs> so my title then is New Creations. And if you could turn with me to 2 Corinthians, should be on the screen, <coughs> screen next, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So, anyone is in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is in or she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So Paul here is reminding the church of Corinth of what they were and now who they are. And so this morning, let's remind ourselves of who we are and what that means. Is that okay? So first, let me ask you, are you in Christ? Yes. 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 Are we sure of that? Yes. Good. Good stuff. So, when Paul uses that word, when he, when he talks about new creations or new person, he uses the word uh, kainos. Now, there's another word for new, which is neos, which means, you know, new and more up to date, like a new car or a new washing machine. Um, or meeting a new venue. <laughs> uh, but this word kainos refers specifically to something brand new. Something that's not been seen before. A new kind of person. A new species, if you like. Um, a new prototype. Different in kind from the old. Jesus didn't come to change Adam into a newer form of Adam. Mm-hmm. Bit like upgrading your smartphone. He came to destroy the old man and institute a brand new species of what we could call beyond human beings. Because we're not merely human anymore. We're living in divine union and we have a limitless capacity to grow. It's as new as, if, you know, a means of transport between an aeroplane and a horse. You know, we are new creations. Um, so, we really are new species on the earth. But if we're no longer merely human, just a child of our parents, then what are we? Well, Paul tells us in a number of places that we've become adopted into God's family. We've become sons and daughters of the living God. Sounds great. 
But what difference, what does it mean? What difference does it make to us? Well, the Bible tells us a lot, quite a few different things up there. It tells us that we've been brought out of darkness into light. It tells us that we can't be separated from the love of God. That we're made alive together with him. That we have the mind of Christ. And that in him we live and move and have our being. That's quite different from an ordinary human, isn't it? You are special. You're different. You are. We are, in our own way, divine co-creators. So, if we're in him and he's in us, what does that mean? It means, said you hoping for the next slide, yeah, it means that we can do even greater things than Jesus. It means that we don't need to worry about our lives, about what we eat or drink. It means that we can move mountains with faith as small of a mustard seed. Now, most of us know these scriptures. We've known them for years. But actually, are we living as though they were true? And I, I, I speak, you know, I say this as much to myself as everybody else, because we move in and out of it, don't we? We have moments of faith, and then back to work, sort of thing. So, one of the challenges is that although God's Spirit is now within us, and the very essence of our being is different, the conditioning of our own lives is still embedded in our minds. Our minds, emotions, bodies, it comes out in many ways. We still have many of the same thoughts and feelings that we had before. And it will take time to overcome them and re to retrain ourselves to live in the good of this supernatural life. I've heard many preachers talk about, you know, how we get the gospel in our heads and then it takes time to move to our hearts. Well, I suggest to you that perhaps it's actually the other way around, that we, Jesus comes into our hearts and then it's, the challenge is renewing our brains, our minds, to, to this new way of being. So, one of the things about being a new creation means that we don't need to be anxious about anything. Rob talked about anxiety a little bit last week and, and we certainly live in anxious times, don't we? I climate change, war in Europe, that we worry about China, cost of living crisis, the state of the NHS, and now we've even got a new, a new set of technological anxieties. You know, is my phone about to run out? Is the Wi-Fi going to work? Is it, will I find a charging point for the car? You know, it, it, everything seems to be falling apart yeah, around us, and, and the government, without being political, uh, just seems to be powerless to do much about it. Um, and then there are the spiritual anxieties that we give ourselves. Am I praying enough? Am I fulfilling my destiny? That's that's what. Am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I hearing God clearly? All these anxieties, and frankly, if you look at the, 
the news or read the papers. You just want to get back into bed and put the covers over your head until everything gets better. And indeed, anxiety and depression have been described as a new pandemic. They really are affecting millions. And for many of us, anxiety is so familiar that it just becomes a habit. And it, it's like an old comfortable coat. I don't know if you've got a favourite coat, but you put his arm in it, oh yeah, that feels comfortable. <coughs> Pardon me. But actually it isn't us anymore. It's not the coat. It's the coat our old selves used to wear, but it's not right for the new ones. And actually we, what we need to do is to take it off and not put it in the charity bag, but burn it. <laughs> God wants you to give your worries to Him. It's interesting, for much of my working life, I was a financial advisor, uh, guiding and counselling people about pensions and investments and mortgages. Some of my clients were Christians, and some weren't. Or well, one should say not yet, of course, but you know, there was a division. But what surprised me that for the most part, the Christians and the not yet Christian had exactly the same attitudes and anxieties towards their financial futures. You know, in fact, I came across more than one Christian who just stuffed bills in the drawer and hoped for the best. Um, but all too rare were the ones who knew that God would provide and manage their finances with that sort of confidence and sense of security or responsibility. And, you know, you may ask, well, why shouldn't we all have the same problems? After all, we're living in the same world. And last time I looked, mortgage rates were the same for Christians as non-Christians. <laughs> and supermarket prices are the same for Christians as non-Christians. But the world isn't different for us, but we are different in the world. We're in the world, but not of it, it says. We are, as I said before, beyond human. And God has promised that if we seek him first, he will take care of our needs. We all know the scripture. We don't always live as if it's true. How do we enjoy the peace and blessings of God as fully as he intends for us? Well, in fact, you know, this exercised me so much. Then I actually wrote a book about it. Uh, because I firmly believe that God has called us to live abundant lives. And abundant, abundance in every sense of the word. In love, in friendship, in provision, in generosity. Just as God deals and has dealt abundantly with us. So we deal with others. So we're not like everybody else. We have Jesus living inside us. So if that's the case... We are new and different creations. How do we demonstrate that to the world? Perhaps we should try and do life in the same way that Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, yeah, no, we, yeah, who did things like destroying the works of the devil, showing love and forgiveness to all, except for those who were abusing the temple, but we won't talk about that. Uh, healing and restoring people, setting them free. Always having enough to provide for others. Treating everybody equally. Knowing his calling. Speaking words of life. 
and so on. I mean, now I'm sure most of you are already fulfilling all of these, but I suspect you know people who aren't and who could be just helped a little on that. Um, one of the clues to know whether we are actually living in the fullness of what we want to be living in, what God's called us to, is in our speech. Uh, why are words so important? Well, two reasons. Firstly, words reflect what's inside of us. Uh, Matthew 12.34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that your words will, give, will just bring out your inner beliefs. And secondly, because words have power. God spoke the earth into being. Um, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word. And Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's pretty strong scripture. So, let's just check our speech, shall we? Let's, I don't know whether you've ever had a bad day. Yeah? No? Yes? <laughs> just occasionally. And when you're having a bad day, what, what sort of things come out of your mouth? Do you ever do, oh, it always happens to me. Mm. If things can go wrong, they will. Just my luck. Have you found the traffic lights are always against you on a bad day? Mm. I'm so dumb, I can't do anything right. Never rains, but it pours. Oh, I'll never have any money. Anybody adding any more of their own? I'm getting a few nods here. Yeah. I mean, I know you're an overwhelmingly positive bunch, but now and again it comes out. And uh, we speak negativity over ourselves and then wonder why life is, is challenging. Um, I'm not sure if it's just a human trait or just a British one, but we do seem to be predominantly negative, have a predominantly negative outlook in this country. So, just let me give you one more example. When people say to you, hello, how are you? Do you respond with, not too bad? What does that mean, really? Or, muscle grumble? Instead of great, thanks. I have a friend uh, who I worked with for many years, who when asked, how are you? He'd say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> and, yeah, he's still the most positive person I know. And, uh, yeah, he's in his 80s now. Um, only 20 pages long. Yeah. So words are important. They reflect our deepest held convictions and our inner beliefs. And many of us have limiting beliefs. Because most of our attitudes and core beliefs are absorbed before we're seven years old. Science tells us. And uh, so it's not surprising. It's take, it takes a long time for us to overcome them. And so much is, is due to the types of family we had and conflicts with the family. My parents, when I look back, 
my mother had an entirely different attitude towards money to my father, from my father. Father, father saved the pennies and mother gave away the pounds. <laughs> so you find that you've got conflict there before you start and it gets deep in you. When you reflect uh, yourselves, each one of us has limiting beliefs. And it's good to try and see what they are, but be gentle with yourself. And if you don't think you've got any, just ask God, or a friend, or your wife, or husband, and you'd be surprised. But they've taken a long time to fall, so, and you've had them for a long time, so gently remind yourselves of the positives, of all the things that Jesus has done. The other trap we can fall into thinking is that we need circumstances to change. I'll be fine when I've got that better job. Or once the kids have left home, or once we have some kids, or once we do this, once I get to retirement. And actually, putting off being happy and grateful and rejoicing until those days only perpetuates the situations and, and the, the, the circumstances do not improve until you can give thanks for being in them and just enjoy them and be blessed by them and love them and then things will work out. So the challenge is to, for us is to remember not who we were but that we are new creations in Jesus and he is living inside us. We lift, need to just lift our outlook to recognize what did Jesus do when he had a challenging day? He didn't say, oh, it always happens to me. He could well have done, but he didn't. Um, so the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. Mm. Uh, we used to laugh a bit at those what would Jesus do bracelets, but you know, there's something in it. There's something in it. We, we, we need to just think ourselves. So, getting back to, as John talked a couple of weeks ago, the Monday morning test. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing of all, because otherwise, you know, this is just entertainment, or not, as the case may be. <laughs> um, so, tomorrow morning, when you leap out of bed, <laughs> eager to face the week, what do, we, what do we do first? We be grateful. Start the day with gratitude. There's always so much to be grateful for. And particularly for us older guys that we're still here to start with. Um, <laughs> but it's true for all of us. Remind yourself that However old you are, you are a child of a father who takes care of you no matter how old you are. He still loves you. He's still out there taking care of you. And he sends, although this is a whole other story, he sends his angels to be with you, to help you. The underlying factors really to life are love and gratitude. We can't change anything that we don't love and enjoy. So, if we imagine we were Jesus, perhaps we might look at situations a bit differently. 
because actually inside you are. So Monday morning, greet the day with a smile and thanksgiving. Take a few moments to remind yourself of all you've got to be grateful for. Recognize that Jesus is within you and you have his mind. And if it looks like it's going to be a challenging day, ask him to help. Face the day with that perspective and just watch it unfold beautifully. Can we just stand and I just ask if a good prayer blessing over us. So put your hands out to receive something. And Paul's going to pray. Okay. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. And we thank you it's because of what you've done that we can face the future with joy and positivity and thanksgiving. And so we thank you again, Jesus, for your sacrifice. But we take that sacrifice and we bless each other with it. We thank you that Jesus is within each one of us. And I bless each one of you to walk in that knowledge today and in the coming weeks to face the future knowing that you have God on the inside of you. Yes, Father, thank you. Thank you that you are there and you're with us and you're blessing us, each one. Yes, Lord. Bless and keep each one of us, Lord. Make your face shine upon us. Turn your face to us and give us your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.